0: Right. Well, good morning, guys. I know everything's a little bit different this morning, um, but today's a little different. Amen? Amen. And um, I, I want to I just say something. I have never usually do this. There's not going to be any slides on the screen today but this one, okay? Normally, we put verses on the screens um, because you don't bring your Bibles. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> how, how many of you pretty much use your Bible on your phone most of the time nowadays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. But we're not going to use verses on the screens today. We're not going to put on the screen today any... Um, you know, points, you know, those interesting things that you kind of look at and jot down. I know I see some of y'all take your cameras out and you take photos of them and you use them later in the week and that's really a a pretty cool idea. We're not going to do that. And the reason why is because I want you guys to lean in on the edge of your seat, just lean forward. I want you to realize God has a word today, amen? And today was supposed to be the fourth week in our Asking for a Friend series, and on Monday, I told the staff, I said, guys, I'm nixing it. I'm just nixing it. God has a word for this house, and we're going to lean in. Everybody lean in, we're going to hear what the Lord has to say to us, amen? And normally, I have you stand for the reading of the word. I don't know why I'm going to just sit for the reading of the word today. Is that okay? Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and yes, you can use your phone, Okay? Deuteronomy chapter 4. In this passage of Scripture, I'm just going to read it. (laughs) It says this. It says, For ask now of the days that are past which were before you, Since the day that God created man on earth and asked from one end of heaven to the other whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. The idea of God creating. Has that ever happened? No, no, this is a powerful thing. This is talking about our, our God and what he had done in this world. Verse 33, did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire? Don't miss that, speaking out of the midst of the fire. As you have heard and you still live, or has any God ever attempted to go to take a nation for himself from the midst of other nations by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God, shout your God, your God. shout my God. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God did this for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown. That you might know what the Lord is, that the Lord is God, and there is no other besides Him. That's Creator God through signs and wonders. And yes, you went through some hard times. That doesn't mean that Christians won't go through some stuff, right? But this same God came and brought mighty works of power, signs and wonders, and brought them through and brought them out of Egypt and brought them into a promised land. This same God, He lets you see that great fire, the same God that speaks out of that fire, if you will. It goes on, it says, driving out nations. He's creating us as a holy nation, we see in the New Testament. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth, and there is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments. There is no other. Therefore you will keep his, everybody say, statutes. statutes. That's his precepts. That's the way he does stuff. And you will keep his commandments. Say, I will keep his statutes. I will keep his his commandments. commandments. Which I command you today that it may go well with you and with your children and after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God has given you for all time. I'm praying this morning for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us. I, I, I think. A lot of church, we have a lot of celebration, and we have a lot of of, of neat insights and principles, but often we have little conviction. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation, amen? I'm praying God steps on every single one of our toes in this house today. But as we leave this house, we're going to leave with the celebration of communion, amen? As a reminder that as Christ followers, we don't live underneath condemnation, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But the scripture doesn't say, therefore now there is no conviction to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm just not convicted of that. Well, where you ought to be. Well, that's just not a sin for me. Was it in the scripture? where it should be a sin to you. Amen. Pastor, I want to be just preached happy today. We're going to get there. Come on. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would just rest upon this place. Let's just close our eyes in prayer. Father, right now, would you rest upon this place with your convicting power? Father, I ask that the spirit of conviction and repentance would settle down upon this church and upon my heart personally, God. Father, I'm asking that the flame fire that we see in Scripture, Lord, that your fire would show up in this place. And that we would not be able to leave this house the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to tell you how God has a sense of humor, because all week long I've been feeling this, right? Since Monday, since Monday, just wanting to preach this conviction-type sermon, this repentance-type sermon. And just a few minutes before service, I got a video sent to me by my neighbor, Dave Pearson, and it's, there's feral hog in my neighborhood. I live by Target. And he takes pictures, he says, 26 years of living in our neighborhood, I've never seen hogs in our neighborhood not only were they in my neighborhood he took a picture of them as they went up my yard my front yard and right as I was coming from my office up here the Lord started to remind me of the fact that there was some demons that were cast out one time and placed in some pigs that dove head first down into some water and all the Lord was saying to me was there's stuff in your house too Ross don't forget it don't go up in there preaching conviction like everybody else has to have a, a change in it. We all need change in our lives. There are some pigs in my front yard too, and I'm gonna freaking deal with them today in my own heart at these altars as well. Amen. Here, little piggy, piggy, here, little piggy, piggy. Hey, Amen. That has nothing to do with fire. But I catch a pig and I put it in fire, it tastes good. No. <laughs> Fire, shout fire. Fire. All throughout scripture, you're going to see fire as a, a representation of the manifest presence and power of God. When the fire of God shows up, it's like God himself showing up. And God led his people with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God spoke direction to Moses out of a burning bush, right? God proved the reality of his power through fire when it consumed not just Elijah's sacrifice, it consumed Elijah's whole altar. I love that. God, I'm going to offer this to you. I don't even know how to handle the thing I'm dealing with. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to offer it to you at the altar. And God just consumes not just the sacrifice you lay there, but everything else. God proved the reality of his holiness through fire that consumed Sodom and Gomorrah. God, he proved the reality of his commission and his anointing upon the early church through tongues of fire that rested upon each one as they were present in that upper room seeking God for the promise. Not knowing exactly what was coming, but it set upon them like fire. And it changed. They become a combustible force That spread a fire of revival throughout the earth that you're a part of even to this day. Amen. In Exodus 24, I want to look at this scripture. And I'm not going to preach super long today. It says in verse 15, this is when Moses was going to the mountain. And as he's going to the mountain, there's his, his brother Aaron. Aaron's kids, Nadav and Avihu, these are parts of the priesthood. And you see Joshua, you see them all coming up to the mountain with the elders. And they had to stay afar off. But it says in verse 15, Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. That's the Shekinah glory of God, his presence. The presence of God that I want to fill this house this morning. That presence of God just began to cover that mountain. And the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai. This is the place where the Ten Commandments came forth. And the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire. Say devouring fire. The presence of God was like a consuming. That's another term for devouring. A consuming fire. A devouring fire. It goes on. And it says, on top of the mountain, in the sight of the people of Israel. They could see it afar off, this devouring fire. Moses entered the cloud, and he went up on the mountain. And Moses on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, as the presence of God, like a fire, rest upon there. When Moses came off the mountain, his face shone. Because he had been so much in the presence of God. It changed. Say, it changed him. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. This consuming fire. The word consume means to destroy. In this translation, it says devour. It means to devour. It means to do away with. That when the fire comes, there's things that go. That when the fire comes, there's things that can't stand up in the fire of God. Amen? And so Moses comes off the mountain, and the fire of God had changed him. It had changed who he was. His face is shining with the glory of the Lord can I just tell it this way it's the fire of god's presence that empowers and purifies us it's not something christianity isn't just something that we just live special little things on sunday no it's his presence in our life that changes everything just changes every everything and so we need to let the fire of god consume us and to destroy our agendas we need to let the fire of god if we're christ followers Not just those who attend a church. The American average is 1.8 times a month. Did you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. but consume us and our agendas. Consume our pride. Consume our ungodly passions. But, but Ross, I just, you know, it's what I want. It's what I love. It's what I, I need. It's what I, I get it. But if it's outside of this, Lord, consume it in me. And consume it in you as well. It's the fire of God's presence, as I said, that empowers and purifies. And so, God, I want your fire to consume my choices that are outside of your word. Amen? And the reason why is because Aaron, that was able to see this fire afar off, and his sons, Nadav and Avihu, that were able to see this fire afar off, they were invited into the temple to offer fire to the Lord. And we're going to see a passage, turn your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 10. These are the early priesthood, but, but the thing about it, anytime you think of priestly duties, guess what? You are now a priest of the covenant of God. Amen? You are. Every one of you are a bunch of Cohens. you know? You're a bunch of priests. It's who you are, of the things of God. We see that, as we've said often, we are a royal priesthood. I'm going to get to that here at the end of the sermon. But we're a priesthood. And so if we're priests, then we need to look at Nadab and Avihu and kind of get a picture of their life, their responsibilities, and what they did when it came to the fire of the Lord that they were entrusted with. The priest, they were to make the morning and evening incense offerings only with a special incense that was a mixture that God had commanded, not letting anything else in. It was a special fire that they were to create. And they were to take the coals of these offerings only from the the, the, the altar. And, And it was a special fire. It was a special coal. It wasn't to be something that came from an outside source that was used in pagan worship. It was extremely prescribed in the scriptures. And that offering was to continually burn that fire under the altar of burnt offerings. That fire is to continue as they take offerings to it. A perpetual fire burns on the altar. And it was never to go out. And in Leviticus chapter 10, we start to see these two young guys. And I want you to see what happened with them. Look at 10. It says, now Nadav and Avihu, the sons of Aaron, they each took his censer and they put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered a strange fire before the Lord. Now, some translations will read, it'll say an unauthorized fire before the Lord. Some translations will say a foreign fire fire before the Lord, but it was not prescribed the way it was supposed to. They did not do what God had commanded. Watch what it says. They offered an unauthorized or a strange fire before the Lord, which God had not commanded them. In other words, it was outside of his prescribed plan and path for that fire to be able to burn this way. It was, it was a strange fire. It wasn't what God would have them to do. And God, in verse 2, it says, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. That's a fun day at church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, like a little greasy pile. That's all that's always like. <clears throat> that's wild. And then Moses said to Aaron, this is the, the, the brother saying to the daddies of these kids. His, you know, Moses' brother, but it's the dads of Nadab and Abihu. This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. Aaron, don't run your mouth. I know you love your boys, but God will be set apart as holy. And God prescribed a certain lifestyle, and you have chosen to do something different, and it brought death, it brought destruction. Man, I can't imagine me and Aaron having to bite my tongue, knowing I know I even taught them in the ways, the commands, how they were supposed to do this fire, and they chose to say, "Forget it, God, I will do it my way." Break your daddy's heart. I I, I get that. It says that Aaron held his peace. He he, he was convicted. He knew his sons had done wrong, and. And you may be reading that going, I don't get the big picture here. These were the priests. This this was all that God had in the earth to do his work. That's why it's such a big deal. In the time it was Aaron and his lineage, it's all. And guess what? It's still all that he has in the earth to do his his work. You and me. That's it. That's that's all he has. It is a big deal. So when it comes to this idea of this strange fire, this, this foreign fire... One of the words for strange is alien, alien. Foreigners often in scripture were called strangers. And the reason why was because they were aliens to Israel and the covenant. They were foreigners, they were aliens. And sometimes as Christ followers, we act like we're aliens to the word. We know what it says, but we say it's all right, it doesn't happen. As long as I can profess it, I don't really have to live it. And we're satisfied offering up something that looks like a sacrifice. It might just be our butts in the seats 1.8 times a month. And that's something of a sacrifice. And we offer it up to the to God, but we hold so much back that was supposed to be added to our lives. But Pastor Ross, you're talking old covenant. I, I get that. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know? New covenant should drive us to a whole other standard, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should. I'll get back to the priesthood of the New Covenant here in a moment. And so there's this perpetual fire that's burning on the altar. It's never to go out. These young men, they had caused it to be a strange fire. In this case, the fire used by Nadav and Avihu was alien to what God had commanded regarding fire. And so when it comes to us, I want to ask a question. Are you white hot or are you just playing with fire? Is there something consuming you? Is there a devouring fire like we saw earlier in these scriptures that's consuming us, burning up our agendas, burning up our passions, burning up our interests, burning up? Or are we just playing with fire? What are we doing that is just foreign to what scripture says? What are we doing that is just strange fire in our lives? The scripture teaches us that we're part of that priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. In Leviticus 10, let's go down this chapter just a little further, down to verse 10 and 11. It'll give us the requirements of the priest. Three things that we're supposed to do. It says, you are to distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean, and you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. Guess what? Those three things have never changed when it comes to the priesthood. It's just a new covenant. And you're a royal part of that priesthood. Isn't that awesome? And so the three roles, to distinguish between the holy and the common. We allow those things to blend so freely and so easily. Last night, or yesterday, as we walked up to the top of the mountain, there was about 2,500, 3,000 young people and two preachers. I'm telling you, they said pastors were going to walk up with their young folk. It was about 3,000 young folk and a fat pastor by myself them preachers, all, them preachers all went up the tram. I'm, like, I'm looking around for my, my compatriots. I see no one. And it was so funny. I get up to the hill, and I'm walking. I get to the top. And as I'm coming up to the top of Stone Mountain, have you ever hiked that before? It's kind of steep. And as I'm getting to the top, people are applauding me. I was like, jerks. They're looking at me like, good job, fat boy. You got up here. That's awesome. You know? I didn't see them doing it to the skinny folk. Just being honest. But I hiked back down, too, by those little preachers. They went down their sweet little tram. But I said all that to say, as we were preparing our hearts to go up, they asked, don't mix the common with the uncommon. As you're getting ready to walk up this, keep your heart where it needs to be. Keep it in worship. Keep it in intercession. Keep it. And it was very easy as we're going up to want to say something that didn't pertain to the experience that we're going up there for to bring down strongholds, you know? Why? Because they were looking at us as priests of our generation. To go to the top of that mountain and prophetically bring down the idea of racism in our community, in our country. You know, those altars of racism, that strange fire of racism, you know. But they didn't want us to mix it. They were asking us to be priests. Another thing, to separate the clean from the unclean. You know, those things that we go, I know what the word says, and I know that's not something for me. I can. Like Paul said, many things permissible, not all things Beneficial. So, Lord, help me to separate the clean from the unclean. And that final is to teach the people the commandments of the Lord. This is what Scripture is saying. And I can find so many black and white things. There are some gray things. But, boy, the things that are black and white are black and white. And so I want to lift up, live up to those commandments. Problem with Nadav and Avihu, they decided that God's explicit commands were merely optional. I want to live in such a way. Holy Spirit, I invite you, please, as I read your word, when something pops off that I don't agree with, remind me that's not optional. Remind me that isn't optional. Anything else is allowing pigs in my front yard. Anything else is offering a strange fire to you. That is not optional. Help me, Jesus, with that. Because they looked at that command as optional, they offer profane fire on the altar, strange fire. Let me just say it this way. If, if, if we went out here today, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll do it over here where everybody vapes, okay? <laughs> so back in the day, people had cigarettes. Now they, just, now they just vape. You can't really catch stuff on fire with vaping, right? But, um, but back in the day, if, if we were to toss a cigarette on that tree out there, and that tree was to catch fire, and we were to be walking out today, out the Dragon Alley, okay? We go out there, and you see that tree on fire. I mean, it's on fire. But a half hour later, nothing's happened to that tree. Looks the same, it's green, it's just on fire. Two days later, it's on fire, nothing's changed. It's still just on fire. Wouldn't you go? Hmm, that's a strange fire. A fire that does not consume is a strange fire. It is the people of God we've been satisfied too long with strange fire. Burn brightly in me, Jesus. Or at least bright enough so people can see my righteousness. It's a strange fire. Burn brightly in me, Jesus, because my righteousness is filthy rags, and I need you to burn it all up so that only you can be seen. That's a holy fire. Amen? You you see a fire. If I was to light this sofa, not sofa, what are these called? These are not pews. (laughs) Chairs. Modern church. Chairs. If I was to light a chair on fire, Brittany would not stay there. Greg would not stay there. They would be running off that front row because they'd be expecting that to be consumed. God is expecting us to be consumed. He sent his fire. We're baptized with water and fire. He sent his fire, why? To consume us. And it's a strange, strange fire when it doesn't. They offered, Nadav and Avihu offered profane, strange fire. In other words, they were just playing with sin when it comes down to it. Aaron was undoubtedly confused. and He was displeased about his sons, not understanding what happened. But God gave him an answer through Moses And what the answer was, it's found in Leviticus 10, verse 3. The Lord says, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. That's the answer. Not something to where God fits in our box. It's where we say, God, burn whatever's in my life out. It's not pleasing to you. So Nadav and Abihu were among those chosen to come near him in service. And they revealed their disrespect for God by treating his command regarding the fire as something common. They added or, and they subtracted what, to what God had said for them to do. Attempting to get by with what they felt was acceptable to God. And I just believe as the modern churches, Christians, so often, this is where we're at. We add and we subtract to what God has said. In an attempt to get by with what we feel is acceptable to him. So here's the problem. That's what Nadav and Avihu did. It's, the problem is I don't think we're much different today. I just don't think we're much different. In January, I challenged this house. I said, this is going to be a year where we're going to go deeper. Remember that? Keep going back to that. We're going to go deeper in his word. We're going to go deeper in the things of the spirit of which we have. Amen? Aren't you thankful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to go deeper in our commitments. And do you realize that all those things have been challenged this year? And I told you they would be. People went in with their eyes closed. And some, not everybody, but I'm saying a lot of folk went in with their eyes closed. And we lived just like it was 2017. No, it was 2018, a year of going deeper. A year where God's asking us to burn brightly with real fire from the throne. Amen. Not a strange, not a strange fire. These people, Nadav and Avihu, they added and they subtracted what God said. And I just throw this out here. You know, things that we can say, like like we can look at, we can say, well, I'm saved. Do I really need to grow after I get saved? Do I really need to learn to walk after God and holiness and a life that's changed? If it's all by works, no. But if it's in the presence of the fire of God, yes. God, I can't do this on my own, but I'm not making an excuse. I'm not taking stuff out of your word and making an excuse for it. Break me with what breaks your heart, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Why be committed to the word of the Lord? Why is that so important, you know? I I know what I should do, but I don't even care to try. It's so often what I see as pastor. I'll just be honest. And in my own life, I know what I need to do. I just don't do it. And I offer a strange fire, a strange, profane thing up to the Lord. Here's the thing. I think that commitment that we saw Nadav and Avihu was supposed to do, I think it extends to the house of the Lord. Nadav and Avihu were committed to their desires, not to the temple of the Lord. They were to sanctify and keep that place, that altar, holy. But they were committed to doing what they wanted to do, not to the temple of the Lord. I think when it comes to the idea of the word of God, we struggle at times with that commitment. I think when it comes at times to the commitment we have to his house, we struggle. Why, Why should I come to church on Sundays? I'm not just preaching this to get us all to be here, you know, all the time so our attendances are up. I'm serious. The USA church, the American church, average attendance for somebody that really loves the Lord, somebody that's really locked in, that's my church, that's my home church, it is 1.8 times a month. That means I went twice this month and once last month. Really average, you know? And I got to thinking about that commitment, because that's a commitment issue. You know, the word tells us that we're to gather together, not neglecting the gathering together of brothers and sisters in the Lord. The early believers, you saw them weekly gathering. It was a a highlight of their week, and now it's just so optional. And when I think of the church at large, Africa, China, South America, they have no problems with regular attendance. And you're like, yeah, Ross, they have nothing else to do. I get that. I I do. We have busy lives. I understand that. But listen, they have no problem with regular attendance. But you know what else they have no problem with? They have no problem with regular occurrences of miracles, signs, and wonders. They have no problem with regular understanding of the fire of God. Because if they don't have the fire of God, they have nothing. I mean, I just feel like the church needs to get back to that place. That idea of commitment to serve in the house of God, you know? Someone else can busy themselves with the work of the temple. Why serve? Can I tell you why? To be involved and do, make a difference in people's lives? Because you are the royal priesthood. God has no one else. And when I think of that passage of scripture that goes on, it says you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, that you've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. We all really enjoy the privilege of being chosen and the privilege of coming out of darkness into light. But we balk on the responsibility of being priests. Priests, they do whatever it takes to maintain the fire priest, do whatever it takes to offer that holy fire before the Lord. That consuming fire before the Lord. And it's insatiable. The fire of the Lord is insatiable. You mean I can never please God? No, no, no. There's just always something to work on. There's always something to lay at His feet. If there's not, we become self-righteous and ugly. I'm so broken you don't even know. I want to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Amen? And guess what? Ten years from now, I'm still going to have to do what it takes to have a consuming fire in my life. Because I'll just be broken in a different area 10 years from now. That's all. But I don't want us to be a house that makes excuse for our sins. And be satisfied with offering profane, strange fires. I want us to be a house that we hold on to the thought that we are priests of God. I don't want to just be playing with fire. I want to be white hot. So we're going to worship. Let's stand to our feet. We need the consuming fire of the Lord to show up in this place, amen? And as he comes, we need him to come with this spirit of conviction and repentance. Pastor Corey, lead us in this simple song. Let's let's just worship the Lord for a moment. I have a few things else I want to say, but let's just worship the Lord. the next little bit, if you start to feel the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit come upon you, you get on your face before Him at this altar, at your seat, wherever it is in these aisles, I don't care. We're going to give God something today, amen? We're going to lay something on that altar today. We're not going to be satisfied with profane fire. We're not going to be satisfied. We want a consuming fire to burn in our lives. What does a consuming fire need? Two things as we get ready to worship. Go before the Lord, and then at the end of the service, we're going to celebrate. Because there's no condemnation. We're going to celebrate on the backside of sweet conviction and repentance with communion. We're going to celebrate. But what does a consuming fire need? It needs fuel, and it needs space. Amen? Fuel and space. So I ask you, what do you need? This is the fuel. What do you need to lay on the altar that is standing in the way of what's holy in your life? What does it look like? What do you need to lay on the altar that is standing in the way of what's holy? In other words, what do you refuse to let go of that's keeping the fire of God from truly changing your life? What is that? Over the next little bit, we're going to give fuel to the fire, amen? We're not going to offer something profane. We're not going to be satisfied with something alien to God. We're going to offer what He's required of us, and that is repentance. And the second thing is space. Space. That's the act of truly giving the Lord room to work in your life. So we're going to offer it, and we're going to give him full access. That space between logs, that space between timbers, it's what causes that blaze to burn bright. And so Holy Spirit, right now, as we get ready to go back into this time of just reflection of our hearts, repentance, we give you space to walk in and amongst us to point out what needs to be pointed out. Lord, we give you space in this physical room just to move upon us by your Spirit and do a mighty work through the power and fire of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, let's worship with everything we have. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out
1: www.momentumchurch.tv.